Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. We just celebrated two years as a church plant and how time has flown by so quickly. Uh, Although six months of that was in lockdown, so it's kind of a year and a half, but we have officially adopted June 20th as our church birthday. Happy birthday, everyone, church. Uh, Because on June 20th in 2021, we had our first park lunch. Had our first lunch in the park with a bunch of families who were interested in being part of Everyone Church. It was cold, it was windy, uh, but we had a good time, and that was the start of the journey in many ways, our day one. Hey, we're going to have a one day, but before you have a one day, you got to have a day one, right? And our day one was June 20th, 2021, and we have been loving the journey of planning Everyone Church so far. It hasn't always been easy. It hasn't been picture perfect. There are elements of our church plant that we wish could go faster, There are some elements that we wish would go slower, like time, for example, but the sweetest part of it all in many ways is the people, the people. There's so many people we have met. Uh, Many of them have stayed with us. Some have come and gone, but we've loved the journey of getting to know uh, the people of God that he is bringing together to form this church family. Obviously, we're planning a church because we believe the Lord has asked us to, but we also know... uh, in many ways, the sweet part of journeying for the Lord is getting to do it with people, with other people. Uh, and I was talking to Maria, my wife, just uh, the other day about how our church is really starting to feel like a family. I don't like saying, hey, we're a family, unless we really mean it. Uh, and I really do mean that as as we've been, uh, particularly over these last number of weeks, doing Alpha, sitting down, having more meals with people, getting to know people throughout the week more and more. It's starting to feel like a family. You know, we're not just a service or a meeting. We're a faith family that God is needing together for a great future. And, and, and my prayer is that God would grant us many years together. In just uh, a couple of short months from now, we'll be dedicating our daughter, Anastasia, uh, as our first baby dedication as Everyone Church. And, and she won't be the last. I wonder who will be next. I wonder who will be the first wedding. Uh, and we're not going to count down to the first funeral because it's not a race, but this is part of doing the journey together. And we're in this for the long haul, and we're excited about it. You know, it really is so rich to just stick it out. You know, I think about Maria and I were part of Imaginations Church for over 20 years. There's just a richness to to having a long obedience in that direction of of sticking it out and and enjoying the journey of life together. And whether you're new in our church or whether you're just inquiring about our church, you might be just checking us out on our podcast or whether you've been with us for a while, hey, you're part of this with us. And we posted a two-year timeline on our Instagram and Facebook. It's on our website as well under the Our Story section. And you can see a bit of what has happened. You know, you can just see the journey of God's faithfulness over the last couple years. And much more is going to happen in the future. So let's turn to God's Word today, to the book of Haggai, and be encouraged on this journey of building something. You know, we aren't the first people to set out on a journey of building something for God. And this has been a pattern in much of Scripture, God's people coming together to build something for Him. Uh, it, it, you see th- this journey over and over again throughout the Scriptures, even into the New Testament, people building uh, His kingdom, you know, and, and, and spreading the gospel throughout the earth. And I've been thinking about where our church is at and, and what is ahead of us, and this word kind of keeps stirring in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and that is, just keep building. 
Just keep building, keep sowing, keep watering. Uh, don't quit. And in many ways, what we have right now as a church is is still a seed. It's, it's very much in seed form, a seed that we can sow into our city. And we are, uh, we are watering that seed, building that community, uh, forming great culture, healthy foundations for the future. We're believing we're building something that will last with the Lord's help. So let's read a great example of God's people building something together in the book of Haggai. Now, for those who have never heard of the book of Haggai, it's it's one of what we call the minor prophets towards the end of the Old Testament. It's a bunch of little uh, books called the minor prophets. They're kind of like uh, books of history, books of, uh, of prophecy about Jesus, about what is happening at the current time for the people of God. And this is a little bit of recorded history. It's only two chapters, the book of Haggai. I, I encourage you to read it. It's really, really cool. But um, it's written over a period of about four months, around 520 BC. And uh, it's very interesting. The Israelites had been in exile, so that so uh, Jerusalem had fallen, and everybody had left. And they start returning back to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem, and we read a bit about this journey in Ezra as well, and and in Nehemiah, where, where where the walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt. But Haggai was a prophet who heard from the Lord, and it's an encouragement to the leaders of the time and God's people to keep building. Because what had happened is they started building the temple, and then they had opposition, and they stopped. They stopped building, and the temple of the Lord was very significant to people in that time, uh, because it's where God's presence made its home. It's where God's people would come together and know Him and, and study the Scriptures. And so, and many of the principles in the Old Testament stories like this apply to us today, because we, the church, are the temple of God. And, and God wants His church to be built and established on the earth. And it might look a little different. It might not be centered around one specific geographic location. It might not be about bricks and uh, physical things. We might be meeting in a go-kart track like we are right now, but it is God's house nonetheless, and we are His people. I love the way it says it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. So the Old Testament can apply to us today. We just need to study it correctly, and, and, and there's principles here we can learn from the people of God, hearing the word of the Lord and being encouraged to keep building, to not give up. And don't be this person that kind of dismisses the fact that God wants his house to be built. You know, everyone church will one day be a physical location as well. We're believing that one day we will have our own building. And oh, you know, God's house is not a building. Often the people who really argue about that, oh, it's not a building, it's not a building, are the people who justify never being in one. <laughs> and they fail to understand what godly community and God's family really looks like and how important it is to the Christian life and how we're supposed to be a lighthouse in our city. I'm, I'm believing one day everyone church will have a building and we will be a great center of hope for our community. So with that all in mind, setting it up, let's read Haggai chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. We're going to just walk through the whole of the whole book, pretty much. But we'll start here. It says this, On August 29th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Sheetal, governor of Judah, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Now, I'm going to probably skip some of these names because they're very hard to say. Verse 2, it says, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying, 
The time has not come to rebuild the house of the Lord. And then in verse 3, Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai, Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. So it's an interesting contrast here between what the people are saying and what the Lord is saying. The people are saying, don't build. Now is not the time to build. You know, even though it had been like 60, 70 years since uh, the city of Jerusalem had fell and the temple laid in ruins, oh, but but it's not time to build right now. And uh, even though they hadn't even started, oh, it's not time. The opposition had, had convinced them that it wasn't time to build. But the Lord was saying something different. He was saying, what has happened to you? Now, the question becomes, what are we listening to today? The people, our circumstances, or the Lord? This reminds me so much of our church planning journey, because when we started church planning in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of COVID, there wasn't many people saying, now's the time to plan a church. In fact, the much of the uh, common uh, talk around church world was, this isn't building time. Uh, we must look after ourselves. Let's, let, this is about assessment and looking at how we how we treat our volunteers and you know less is more and 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 all these voices podcasts. Man, I, I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to seeking out some wisdom about church planning. All of them were saying the opposite. They were saying it's build. It, it's it's not building time. It's time to look. It's time to it's time to reassess. Right, but the Lord said differently. And he asked the question of of God's people here in the book of Haggai. He says, what has happened to you? And it's amazing how far we can fall from God's direction and priorities in our life and not even think to realize it. God is saying, hey, look, look where your priorities are. You're living in a luxurious house while the house of the Lord lays in ruins. And the Lord is challenging his people to get their priorities back in check. And it goes on in verse uh, six of chapter one. Listen, listen to where prioritizing themselves had led them. It says this in verse six: "You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though they were, as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes." Verse seven. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down the timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Isn't it interesting how God's people were so interested in themselves, in building their own prosperity, their own house, that they had become the priority? And where did it lead them? Nowhere. It says that they've been planting but not reaping, right? Uh, they've been seeking their own blessing. It says they've been putting their wages in pockets with holes in them. That's how the Lord says it. And this is uh, where it leads us if we lead a self-focused life. It gets us nowhere. It gets us, and in hoarding blessing and wealth and food and and making the focus all about me and myself, uh, we neglect the very God that has promised all those blessings, Right? So in in trying to build their own place first, they had abandoned the very thing that would help keep them safe and blessed, and that is the Lord. And let me tell you, when you put God's purposes at the forefront of your life, God looks after the rest. This is what it means to live for Him. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6.33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else 
and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. There's not really any other way to interpret that outside of put God first, and he'll look after you. And our world and our nature says, hey, don't build. Focus on yourself first. Don't don't take risks. Play it safe. And God says in verse 8 of Haggai 1, now go up into the hills, bring down the timber, and rebuild my house. Go up, bring down, rebuild. Go up, bring down, rebuild. And I believe this is an encouragement for us today in a church planning journey. We're building something for the Lord that we all need to go up. We need to seek the Lord. We need to go, you think about going up the mountain of the Lord. We need to seek Him. We need to pursue Him. We all need to bring down some things. We need to give of ourselves. We need to lay down our lives for the cause of Christ. And we all need to keep on building. I love that. What in your life do you need to go up with, to elevate, to spend more time with God, to seek Him earnestly? What in your life do you need to bring down, to lay down before God, to offer to Him? What God purposes need rebuilding in your life? We are called to build His kingdom, to build His house on the earth. And I I love the people's response in verse 12. So Haggai comes along, he speaks to the, the governor, the priest. He, he brings the word of the Lord saying, hey, come on, it's time to rebuild. It's, it, the people are saying don't build, but the Lord says it's time to build. Go up, bring down, keep rebuilding. Okay, And then it says in verse 12, then Zerubbabel and Jeshua, the, the, that's the, the high priest and the governor, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message of the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Verse 13, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. And I love this in verse 14 of chapter 1. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, the governor, and the enthusiasm of Jeshua, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. And they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies, on September 21 of the second year of King Darius's reign. So the word of the Lord came at the end of August, and just a few weeks later, they're starting to build again. They're starting to build. Let's go up. Let's bring down. Let's rebuild. With God-inspired enthusiasm. I love that phrase, that the Lord sparked their enthusiasm. Other translations say, the Lord stirred up the spirit of the leaders and the people. I hope there's something inside of you today that is being stirred up in your spirit, a fresh enthusiasm to say, God, I want to be part of what you are building in this place. There's something contagious about an enthusiastic spirit, not a complaining, negative, can't do, too hard spirit. No, a can do. Let's Hey, let's go up. Let's bring down. Let's rebuild. You know, building doesn't happen without a vision. They had a vision to see the house of the Lord rebuilt right? They had it there. They, they, they knew what they were aiming for. And, you know, building doesn't happen without a word from the Lord, an encouragement from Him. Building doesn't happen on the sidelines. Oh, it's just too hard right now. Now's not the time. You know, the truth is the circumstances are never going to line up perfectly. Sometimes we just got to get up and just get going, right? And building doesn't happen without opposition. They faced opposition. And also building doesn't happen without a God-given enthusiasm, God is able. He is able. Come on. It's amazing how God responds with a promise to his people when they say, Lord, I'm going to build your house. And He says this in, in chapter 2 of Haggai, that they had just laid the foundation. So they go from hearing the word of the Lord in August to building the, the house 
in September, and then at the start of December, they've laid the foundation, and God says this, think about the this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. And then verse 19 of chapter 2, I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn, you have not yet harvested your grain, and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you, says the Lord. I will bless you. You know, when we prioritize God's house, his kingdom, his, his purposes in our lives, to see that it is built in our world, God blesses us. He blesses the seed we will sow. He brings about the harvest of blessing that we were seeking. You know, uh, I'm not just talking about prosperity here, okay? Although we can't ignore the fact that that is part of God's blessing in, in, in this book here. That God is saying, I will bless you. You know, he was saying earlier on, these people who are prioritizing their own luxurious homes, he's saying, you're you're planning, but you're not harvesting. And then God is now saying, hey, now that you've prioritized building my house, I will bless you. Isn't that amazing? Now, this is part of God's blessing us that as we prioritizing him, he looks after us. Okay. You know, building doesn't happen without a vision, without a word from the Lord. Building doesn't happen from the sidelines. Building doesn't happen without opposition. Building doesn't happen without a God-given enthusiasm, but it also doesn't happen without God blessing it. God says, if you build my house, I will look after yours. And we are part of building something amazing. So let's go up, let's bring down, and let's keep building little by little. Amen. What does that look like for you today? Building God's house. Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's inviting someone. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's leaning into what's happening in our church. Maybe it's leading an alpha or a connect group. You know, all of us have ways that we can contribute to the building of God's house. And we know it is the Lord who builds the house. Absolutely. But do you know how he does it? He stirs his people. He stirs the spirit of his people. He, he stirs them up to, to get to work for him. Amen. And, you know, I was speaking with someone this week who said, who sent me a, a text and said, hey, we're in, we're here. This is our home church. I think that's an important statement. You know, if you're going to be part of building something, you got to be part of it. You got to be part of the mission of that church, right? You can't be fighting. Oh, you know, I want it my way. No, no. We need to be in this together. We need to be team players, be part of what God is doing for his glory. Amen. So I encourage you to read the book of Haggai. Get encouraged about what God is doing, and I'm I'm so excited about the next year of our church. But I honestly believe that our third year as a church is going to be a year of just amazing growth and blessing across our house, and it's going to happen with your help as you help us build. Come on, let's go up, let's bring down, and let's keep building and enjoy the journey together. There's nothing like doing the journey of following God and pursuing his purposes with other people together in Jesus' name. Well, hey, I hope the word encouraged you today. Happy birthday, everyone, church. I hope you can get along to uh, one of our in-person services. We're online for a couple weeks in a row, but we're going to get the guys together for dinner. The ladies are getting together for dinner. Make sure you check our Instagram, Facebook website for all those details and get in contact with us and let's keep on building. Amen. Have a great week. Oh, <laughs>